Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey, and Merry Christmas to all coming up this week. Sorry, I just missed Hanukkah, as that just ended recently. And, oh, now I'm back in my spot again. Anthony, like, demoted me right before the show. I thought I was staying there forever. (laughs) I, of course, am your festive host with the nice and the naughty hat on, Mark Williams, and the host of the final buzzer that you heard him break down the New York Rangers win last night, Mr. John Filkowski. Mark makes a really bad Santa. Let's not have him scare any kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not really good Santa. And, of course, the man who brings all the wisdom to the table, the fourth period, Mr. Anthony Morocco. Yeah, Santa Claus is like five days from coming, Mark, so people don't want to see you in their houses, so just don't don't resist the urge, okay? Well, I mean, they people want to see, want to see me in their house. They, they, they just don't want me waking up in there, Anthony. That's the real problem. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody, so today we're going to be breaking down a lot of things. Of course, the Rangers and the Islanders, that's going to be the A block. We're going to tell you the naughty and nice players in the NHL this year and as well as our NHL bar talk. So let's start off with the A block, guys, with the two local teams who both won last night, uh, the New York Rangers over the Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Islanders over the Edmonton Oilers. As always, the A Block is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use $20 off your first order when you use the promo code Big Apple Hockey. And the Big Apple Hockey trucker hats are available, styled by Mr. John Volkowski right there. And where I am looking at ordering jerseys, if you're interested, let me know. And, of course, always check out more coverage on the Big Apple Hockey uh, website. So I'm just going to read off all the stats, and we're going to do each team. Phil, you do the Rangers, and Anthony, you do the Islanders, and we'll uh, finish up with thoughts on that because we'll be quick on the A block. Rangers 3-0 last week. They're still first in the Metro, uh, first in the Eastern Conference, 45 points. Igor Sesterkin, after all the talk about the last two games, his last two games or the last nine before that, the last two, 945 save percentage, one for eight goals against after a four and five stretch. Yikes. The New York Islanders, they were 2-1-1 one one last week, 15-8-8, eight eight, 38 points, third in the Metropolitan Division. And they did lose another third-period lead. That was to the Boston Bruins. There's controversy. Anthony will get more into that in a moment. Philk, what are your takeaways this week? Well, for the Rangers, um, 
two big rebound games in a row. Um, they did not play well in front of Igor Shosturkin before this, but I think these were the two best efforts we've seen in front of Igor Shosturkin this year, probably since opening night. Uh, I thought Igor had probably his best two games of the season in a row in these last two games, especially last game. I think last game was his absolute best performance. The Rangers needed Igor Shosturkin to be really good in that second period because they decided to play trading chances with Toronto. And you don't want to do that against a team that scored seven goals without Austin Matthews against Pittsburgh. And I know Pittsburgh is not the, the shining definition of what a defensive team is, but that just goes to show you how good Toronto is, even without the best goal scorer in the world, hands down. So Toronto's got a dynamic offense. The Rangers limited them to two goals, both from the same guy that we just talked about, the best goal scorer in the world. Austin Matthews, just two, just two bad, really bad plays. Uh, first one started by Artemi Panarin, where he made a terrible pass in the offensive zone, resulted in a turnover. Then Adam Fox got cute in the neutral zone, tried a blind behind the back chip play, went right out to the middle of the ice. Toronto advanced the play up, and then Austin Matthews got away from Ryan Lindgren for a split second and scored. And then in the second one, there was practically a box around Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews skated into the middle of the area, right in the bumper spot, just above the uh, the faceoff dot to in the uh, the right hash, and just ripped one past Igor Shesterkin. But overall, uh, I thought the Rangers played a stellar defensive game in the first and the third periods. Right after Austin Matthews scored the uh, the goal early on in the uh, third period, the hey, you know what? I'm going to highlight this comment right now. I'm sorry, I gotta. Because th this is absolutely the truth. I think that would be sick if we could pull that off. Great idea, John Radigan. Love it. Thank you for that one. John Radigan's usually pretty bang on in his comments, and no exception there, my man. Uh, but yeah, the 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 shift right after that second call, BC's line comes out and they pin the Matthews line in their zone. And shortly after that, they get the lead back. And from that point on they decided that they were locking the game down. It kind of reminded me of one of the defensive efforts that they had early on in the year where they were playing great first periods. The second periods were kind of crappy. And then the third periods, they were locking everything down after getting the lead. So um, that was a big, big effort from both the Rangers and uh, I would say both defensively and from Igor Shosturkin as well. Uh, I liked what I saw over this last week. You win three games in a row, you get right back up. You get off the losing schneid. You stop the bad habits. They played a lot better. This looks like the Rangers team that took that, I guess, that that big, big, quick rise to the top earlier on in the year. So um, the Anaheim game was definitely a uh, another one. This was a big game where they kind of had a little bit of a, of a leaky bit of a play in the middle bit of the game, and then they came back strong, locked it down in the third, and they put the game away. So – Rangers look good. Um, I guess I'll leave the Islanders to Anthony and let him take it from there. Yeah, Anthony, a strong game against uh, the Bruins. Not the result you wanted, but five points this week. What do you think? Yeah, the two two one and one since our last show last Wednesday. Uh, wins over Anaheim and Edmonton. Uh, overtime loss in Boston, like you just referenced, and a regulation loss in um, you know Montreal. Um, you know the the Bruins game. Uh, you know the one of the best teams 
in the East. They really honestly took it to the Bruins for a portion of that game. Unfortunately, um, they let a lead slip away, and it was a goal that, you know, Sorokin stops nine out of ten times. It was from behind the goal line, banked it off his back and in the net. Uh, Lane Lambert was not happy about that because he said Julian Goche was tripped right right um, before that play occurred, so it should have never happened, which he had a case if you look at the replay. Um, you know, but overall, that game was entertaining. You know, both teams kind of known for being over the last couple of years the Bruins still, but more like defensive teams. That was an up-and-down game. Uh, saw a lot of action. But, you know, for the Islanders, you take the point and you run. Um, the game against the Canadians, they, they didn't show up until the third period. I mean, you saw it. They were down 4 nothing. They made it a 4-3 game. It was too little too late. The Canadians were on their heels that whole third period. They just couldn't find the, you know, couldn't find the equalizer. And Coming off of back-to-back where you played a really good team, I kind of sensed a little bit of a letdown there. Um, and it showed early on in the game. Unfortunately, they, they couldn't salvage a point. But um, and the two wins against Anaheim and Edmonton, uh, what you're seeing is uh, a trend lately. But the Islanders' power play has been scoring goals in pretty much every game they play. They're up to sixth in the league now. now uh, and that's really been a driving force between their recent success. Uh, I'm not sure what John McClain did to kind of, you know, light a fire under these guys. But everything's clicking right now. Uh, overall, though, you know, again, the moral story is they, they they keep getting points, you know, and right now the Metropolitan Division is so compact um, that you need to keep winning because, you know, let's say you lose a game or two and another team right behind you wins. You could find yourself dropping from second all the way to, you know, fifth. So it's going to be real. It's going to be real tight. Um, but the Islanders are scoring goals lately, um, you know, the beginning. Beginning of the year, it was a story of, you know, how are they going to score goals and they're going to struggle, but they're scoring goals. They've actually been, you know, a little entertaining team to watch. I know over the last couple of years, thanks to Biz, kind of coined them as boring, but they've been playing up-tempo hockey and, and showing what their, you know, what their top guys are doing. I mean, Bo Horvat, Matt Barzell, they're all playing at over an 80-point pace right now. Um, Brock Nelson, Noah Dobson, these guys are just keep putting points on the board night after night. Um, and, you know, I always say your best players have to be your best players to, to really have success, and their best players are being their best player. Um, and what I find encouraging, too, and you can relate this to the Rangers as well, Igor Sturkin, um, you know, Ilya Sorokin has, I'm going to say, has only just been, like, good, you know, 9, 14 save percentage, whatever he's at. Um, just imagine if he gets going, playing to the capability that he's capable of, and these guys are still producing points. Um, the Islanders are going to be a tough out. So, and Simon, this comment right there, Simon Holmstrom. Yes, um, he's come along. And this is an Islander team that has needed a guy like him to step up and provide secondary scoring. And he's got 10 goals. Um, it took a little bit longer to kind of, you know, solidify himself, solidify himself as an NHL player. But he certainly has done that this year as a third line, a third liner. And he's helping the Islanders with that secondary scoring that I just referenced. So, um, keep it going tonight. They play a Capitals team that are exceeding expectations. You know, they're well, four points behind them, have a couple of games in hand. So certainly a four-point game. Uh, it's a team you want to beat even though you're away. Um, and like I said, just keep collecting and banking those points because they're going to become crucial come March and April. It's still amazing to me that the Capitals' offense is their problem. For all those years, the Capitals' offense has never been their problem. Yeah, they can't score goals right now. And – it's it's been a tremendous issue for them, you know. I guess, I guess the best way to say it is the way you've been saying it, Anthony. All the points count the same. Keep collecting the points. 
I still don't like the style of those points. I, I don't like seeing um, third period leads get away, even in controversy, which I, I, I'm still kind of confused with a lot of how that game was called, but we're going to, we're going to get into that later on. Well, I like the, the game, you know, the Oilers game, the Oilers game last night, they, you know, they, the Oilers, don't get me wrong, the Oilers kind of, you know, they really pushed hard in that third period, but the Islanders didn't break. Um, they didn't allow them to score any goals, and they held on to a 3-1 lead. They're still the only team in the NHL that doesn't have an empty net goal all year, which is peculiar, but um, I thought in the third period they did a good job of not breaking there. So hopefully they hopefully they could build on that going forward. I remember the 2014 Rangers. I think they went almost a full season without an empty net goal. I was gonna, I was gonna ask this question, and then Rich just put it in the the chat, and I, I, I just, what is Alexander Ovechkin cooked? The the only thing I could think of regarding that is either one of two things: either he is cooked, and he just does not have chemistry with anyone other than Backstrom, or he's completely out of shape and is going to need an off season to bounce back. I'm going to look at it a different way. I'll go with C. He doesn't have the chemistry, I guess, and he's going to have to try to find chemistry with somebody else. It might not be in Washington, guys. He might break that record elsewhere. Um, Emmett Smith finished his career as an Arizona Cardinal. Uh, there's, not, the list goes on and on about players like that. Uh, a new a new commenter brings hey, up. Hey, Devil Joint, how's it going? Welcome, uh, yeah, definitely welcome to the show. And then uh, I would agree with that. I think we we do need some sort of Devils uh, representative here to to make it complete. We are working on uh, on trying to get more representation for the Devils and such like that. But um, yeah, when it when it comes to the Islanders, just keep getting your points. Right now, they're right there with the Flyers. Who'd have thought we'd be saying that at Christmas, guys? The Islanders and the Flyers competing for second and third. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. But I I, I do I, I definitely like what John Tortorella is doing with those Flyers. They do not have a great roster on paper, and they, he is getting the absolute most he can out of it. The only situation or the only thing that I worry about with them is is this something that can last? Because they, I mean, is Travis Konechny going to stay there? Sean Couturier is having a great year. Does he slow down a little bit? Um, Owen Tippett's been really good. Does the goaltending hold up? Does the defense hold up? So, uh, yeah. And this is also a real good question. Who are the Rangers first in the East at Christmas time? I didn't. Tell you that right now. I didn't for a different reason. Anthony, your thoughts on that? You probably had uh, Carolina right there, right? Yeah, I mean, I probably had the heart. I think we all did. Happening. All right. He froze for a second. So you were saying, what, Anthony? What would you say? You froze uh, for a second. Carolina's first at, at Christmas, right? Anthony. Anthony lost again. He's moving. Anthony. I could I could hear you now. It keeps cutting in and out. I don't know what's going on. I could hear you. All right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you probably figured Carolina would have first place at Christmas time, right? Yes. I did. <laughs> All right. All right. I can't tell if you uh, guys hopefully. can hear me or not. So yeah. Yeah, we can hear you now, but you, you were you were frozen before. Well Am I still frozen. This was it good. seems like it's, it's no you're you're 
you're not you're not frozen. You're you're looking fine on our end. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. It's delayed. It's delayed. There's just a little delay. All right. Well, we're gonna keep that in mind as we move on, guys. Because let's get to our and we just lost Anthony. No, I think he well, I think he went out on purpose. Okay. So we'll keep talking for a second, ripping on this. Uh Sisterk in the last two games. Now it's not saying he's all the way back from where he was, but uh, on the other hand, Bilk, you know what? It's on the right track, at least, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, these are his two best performances of the season. If you want to go over his last five on hockey reference, uh, before the previous three before this, the Ottawa loss, six to two. He allows five goals in that game, 857 save percentage, 30. Uh, 35 or 30 saves on 35 shots. Um, Washington, the loss, 4 0, 25 uh, saves on 29 shots, 862 save percentage. Then Toronto, 7 3 loss, six goals allowed, 23 saves on 29 shots, 793 save percentage. That may have been his low point of the year, unless you're looking at like the Dallas game, I would say. But Igor Shosturkin's last two games look more like the Igor Shosturkin of two years ago. And that's really all you can hope for at this point. Uh, you want more. I don't know. I, I was not looking at the screen. I don't know what the hell you oh, the, the comment was, Anthony yes. uh, hasn't been pushing I'm enough to lose propaganda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, Lou definitely tried to cut out your Wi-Fi there, but. You know, uh, I didn't say anything bad, so. Yeah, I mean, come on. We've actually said a lot of complimentary things about the Islanders the last month, except for the fact that they can't hold oh, yeah, their period leads. It just drives me crazy. It's driving me crazy. It's not even my team. But, you know, all this coverage for it. And then, guys, I do have to ask you this question. We wear a Santa hat. Is it ears out or ears in? Because. Ears in. I, it's ears in? Okay, yeah. Because I look like. I look like a goblin, but then again, I look like I have no ears right now. So I'm, I'm like Do really good with your ears out. Yes, that's right. I don't do the beanie with yeah, my ears. Uh, I, Mark, I never everyone. thought of it like that. Phil. Mark Williams. <laughs> <laughs> well done, All right, Mark. guys, we're going to do our naughty and nice list for the NHL, as well as getting <laughs> into the round league with the NHL bar talk. But first, let's get a message from DraftKings. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Chill. Simmer down now. I'm freaking out. 
Well, as Core decided to let us know that um, ears in make it look, makes it look like I got out of the shower or I have a head wound. So that is, but you know what? Always ears ears in in the uh, in the beanie. Well, guys, yeah. welcome to our impulsive reactions. And in this one, it's a Christmas themed one. So I'm going to hit the Christmas music on that in a second. We're going to tell you who's been naughty and nice around the NHL. This is just some random Christmas music because we can't, we don't want to get sued, guys. I don't have the money for it. So, <laughs> wait, you can, you can, royalty <laughs> free, get, guys. We can, Phil, we I'm going to start this one sued. with you. Who, oh, sorry, not naughty or nice? Hey, Andre Miller. Five goals, seven assists, 12 points, plus six. I'm going to say Naughty uh, needs to be a little better in his own zone. Uh, he looked really good last night after taking some time off, so maybe whatever personal issue he was dealing with was affecting his play beforehand. Let's just hope that last night was the start of good things to come for Keandre Miller. He ends up on the nice list. Anthony, which list? The naughty or the nice list? I agree with Phil Naughty. Um, I think he needs to be a little better, um, especially with some of his his choices and decision making. He has, you know, he has the capability of, of playing better. We've seen it before, um, but this year it seems like he's a little bit of a step behind. And I hope you guys enjoy the dancing Grinch because we're going to go with him three times in a row in a hat trick. Because yeah, he's ju he's just barely on there. I would actually put him more of a, of an average one. But just like the trick or treat, you got to make a choice on that. So yeah, he's on the medium list. But <laughs> <laughs> this comment, because you totally missed, I was trying to ask you a question about the music, and you just kept going on. You didn't. You. Oh, I'm hearing. sorry. I, I actually wasn't. I, I wasn't hearing that one. Hold on. Let me get those ears out. My my okay. question was, you could get sued if you played any sort of Christmas music right now. You could get sued if it's a copyright thing, or they can have it like stricken. Well, what does that mean? If you, bust, if you busted out, if you busted out Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree right now, you're telling me you can get in hot water? I believe we can. I think that's copyrighted. Yeah, you can. You can play it, about ten to fifteen. I, I don't know. A generic version of an of an actual Christmas song wouldn't be that bad. I don't think. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean. We'll, we'll look around for that. I mean, I only have the one on here. But, Anthony, we're going to go right back to you now because J.G. Pajot, two goals, 11 assists, 13 points. He's a minus five this season. Is he naughty or is he nice? I'm, I'm going to go I'm go naughty, but um, what, what complicates this is a little bit is, you know, he's a third-line center. Typically, you probably want 40 points out of your third-line center, right? He's pacing for 34 so it's not it's not terrible, but the thing is he makes five million dollars. So you want a guy that makes five million dollars to score more than two goals. Um, but again, you know he's used in a defensive situation, third line. Uh, so I'll go naughty, but I, I think there are certain things that make you go like, you know, it's not as bad as it seems at the at the outset of it. But I'll stick with my decision. Yeah. So this this will answer your question a bit, Anthony. You can get demonetized for common songs or. Yeah, so uh, we don't want to deal with that. Um, I assume you're going to come right over to me, so I'll just go right along. I don't, I don't think I can say anything more than what Anthony said. Like, I think he hit everything perfectly. Um, yeah, so this this kind of goes back into it, but we'll, we'll get away from that now. Uh, but yeah, back to Paggio. Two goals is not enough. 
Uh, I think he's been decent defensively. I wouldn't say he's been a silky caliber player. I, I, I'm not going to say that he's been bad defensively either, but I, I do think that he can be better overall on both sides of the puck. Uh, the offense is clearly not there right now, but you you have a guy like him around for playoffs, and that's really what you want him there for. So I, I'm not going to be throwing coal down his Christmas tree if I'm Santa, I mean, uh, down his chimney if I'm Santa Claus or anything like that, or, or putting anything in his stockings. I don't think he's been that bad, but you want more and you can get more out of it. Yeah, I'm going to go naughty too, guys, because you could get a lot more out of J.G. Pajot. I despise J.G. Pajot only from the fan perspective. If he was wearing the jersey of my team, I would love this guy. And Anthony, he's been a very big guy for the Islanders in their runs. Uh, yeah, exa- exactly that. Yeah. And after all, every every Ranger fan remembers him back in Ottawa, and every Islander fan can remember him. He did so well for them ever since they acquired him. So even though we're going to hit him on the naughty, I hope I'm going to be able to use it nice eventually. I'm kind of looking at some of our other candidates because I'm going to start the third one right now, guys. Timo Meyer, five goals, six assists, 11 points, a minus 17. Oh, I, I wish I had – I didn't upload the Santa Claus uh, – sound from John Goodman on Futurama. Oh, that's very naughty. But yes, he is very naughty. He could wear the Grinch outfit, uh, Timo Meyer, because he got paid for last season. He's not coming close to those numbers this season. Mr. LaRocco. <laughs> this is <Meyer> trash. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is not- this is naughty. Uh, he, this is a guy that's expected to be like, you know, an 80 point player, you know, so um, he, he's, he's certainly not getting it done. He needs to be a lot better. I mean, if this was a bar talk, this would be a layup. Um, and it's actually, I'm assuming it's good about to be a layup naughty once Phil goes. But yeah, this is an easy one. He absolutely yeah. be better. Layup. I got to point out Have Mercer and the fact that that's a full house reference to Uncle Jesse. John Stamos, who's still an absolute stud at his age and has probably some of the best hair we've ever seen. So, love that screen name. Love that reference. Um, yeah, this is definitely naughty. Um, I think it was Devil's Joint that said Meyer's trash. Meyer has been pretty damn horrible. He looks like a, he looks like a bad fit in New Jersey right now. Um, I want to I wanna give him more time just because We've seen what he can do and what like the type of player, the level of player that he is in San Jose. But it it just seems like no matter who they put him with, he's not working right now. And I, I don't know if it's an effort thing. I don't know if it's an issue with him and Lindy Ruff in the locker room. I, I don't know what the issue is. Is he hurt? I, I, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I would say that Timo Meyer is definitely on the naughty list. All right. Goal for and, Timo uh, Going right back to you, Phil. Let's do this one. Dylan Cousins of the Buffalo Sabres. Six goals, 12 assists, 18 points, and he's only a minus three. Naughty or nice? Naughty. I mean, after the season he had last year, definitely naughty. Uh, They expected Dylan Cousins to be a cornerstone player. And with the way that he played last year, 31 goals, 68 points in 81 games, Dylan Cousins looked like he finally broke out and took that, you know, and turn the corner to becoming what he was drafted to be in that 2019 draft. So um, I, I 
he needs to be a hell of a lot better. But I will say this. And to be fair... To be fair... Dylan Cousins is also suffering because Paige Thompson is not having the season that he should be having this year and has missed some time. So, yeah, and the whole Sabre team, you could say, belongs on the money list because they have all disappointed. One of my Calder, uh, one of my guys who I expected to be a Calder final, Devin Levi, has not even been that good this year. So, some players need to really start stepping it up in Buffalo. All for Dylan Cousins. It, it's a lot to ask for from a rookie goaltender to be that good. Anthony? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so far there's been there, there's been a lot of layups on this one. Anthony and I were debating on these yesterday. So let's get them right on the naughty list, Anthony. You want to continue on with that? Or... Yeah, it's, it's naughty. He needs to be better. He needs to start producing more along the lines of being a at least, you know, a 60, 70 point player. Um, he's not doing that right now. Uh, he certainly has the ability to do so. He just needs to get his game up to another level. And listen, Buffalo was a team that everyone expected to finally make the step this year because how close they were last year, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen again. So, um, you know, he, he just needs to be better. Just like Timo Meyer, there's no excuse. He needs to be better. Definitely not. Yeah. And got to agree with all, you, know, you guys on this one. All naughty. They're all naughty. They're very, very naughty. All right, let's go over to the Pacific Division, guys. Let's look at a guy that was a pretty good goal scorer the last two years, Andrew Mangiapane. Six goals, 10 assists, 16 points, only a plus one. Anthony Mangiapane, naughty or nice? This is a trend here, Mark. Um, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go naughty too. Um, you know, e- even if you want to say his what 34 goal season or whatever it was a year or two ago. Um, was a little bit of a fluke. Uh, he, he needs to be better. I mean, Calgary is a team that has, you know, 31 points. They're nine, I think, like nine points behind LA for third in the division. Um, a little bit. I mean, maybe they can make a wild card spot, but right now I don't see it. And with the struggles that Jonathan Huberto is having, they could really use a guy to step up and help with some production. But I mean, I, I think this guy could give more, so I'm going to go naughty. I mean, and to answer one of the comments before I go over to Philk, I guess I'll just do naughty real quick, Philk, because Justin Huberto, see, I just called him Justin Huberto. Is producing, you might as well call him Justin Huberto. He's playing like Justin Huberto. He, he, he ain't Justin Huberto. We know that. Yeah, but, but you know what, though? This is where Mark draws a line at layups. I'm going to put Andrew Mangiapane in there, but I'm not going to put Jonathan or Justin Huberto as we affectionately <laughs> No, because, that, 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 that's too much of a layup right there. Yeah, that's too much of a layup. All right, so a naughty, yes. another naughty right here. Screwed up. By the many. way, uh, have Mercer, thanks very much. And uh, we're getting a lot of good responses from you guys. Here's yes. one. Yes. Here's one that I think is a little controversial for me to throw him on the list. Bilk, Mira Heiskinen, naughty or nice? nice i mean he he's not up on pace for the points that he put up last year but he's still playing very good i know the plus minus Mm -hmm. is not attractive but i mean he still eats a lot of minutes and i I still think he's pretty good and 
I mean, by the end of the year, he could still finish with 70-plus points. He's, he's got a shot at it still if he, if he just tunes it up. He's not, like, terribly far off from a point-per-game player. Dallas has played, what, 30 games, I think, and he's got 21 points in them. So uh, I, I can't – I don't understand why he you – know, I don't know. I, I guess I, I got to say nice, but I don't, I don't know why he's on here. Well, because you got to have a nice at some point. And oh, that's right. That's right, because Mark had to put five naughties in a row. <laughs> well, two of us did. <laughs> Anthony, what are your nice? And two. Uh, <laughs> He's nice, right, Anthony? Um, He's... He, he's nice. Uh, the, the points aren't there is what he was pacing at last year, but um, I mean, he's still a guy that plays heavy minutes, can skate with really any of the top forwards in the league. So um, I think for me, it's nice. And I, I'm I'm going nice. I actually didn't think we we're going to have this many naughties when I started this up. So I just need to keep that dancing Santa going for a little bit. But uh, I could definitely, I could definitely tell you this. He's, it doesn't look like he's really going to win that Norris Trophy that we all kind of expected he was going to win this year. Uh, I think some of us said Heiskanen, some of us said uh, Rasmus Dahlin. I think that I think he was mine. I mean, all my awards they're they're going up in flames uh, I, right now. I had Rasmus Dahlin as a Norris contender, Norris finalist. Yeah. So. Uh, but guys, that's going to be it on the Christmas music and the naughty and nice. Um, cause we're under a time pressure. We got to get to bar talk. And, uh, what other players do you guys think are naughty or nice? Throw them down in the comments below. See if we can answer some of those in a little bit. But first we got to do as uh core will tell you some more layup talk. Shot this is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Because welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk. We're engaging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? So, so I'll just have a beer or uh, I'll take a shot. Play along down in the comments below. And, of course, we're sponsored by Drizzly for this. Why go to the liquor store when you can make it a Drizzly night? Have them bring everything to you. Liquor, beer, wine. There's a lot. There's not going to be as many layups, guys. Although I do say, again, layups are by design. And Filk, I wrote an article this week on, on well, nice Jesper Bratt. Okay, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Jesper Bratt, I'll put him as nice. Yeah. Uh, I wrote an article this week, Filk. The all-time leading Rangers goal scorer, Roger Bear. John Rattel, and then Chris Kreider at 281. Chris Kreider has a shot at the Rangers' all-time leading goal record. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a round for me. I would say layup, but I don't I don't think it's I, – I can't really say it's truly a layup. But he needs 19 more goals to get uh, to 300 on the year. He, which I think he'll do this year. If he does that, he's 106 from the lead. And he's got, I would say, three, maybe four good years left in him. 
So I, I, I think he's pretty much almost a lock to take the uh, the all-time lead from Rod Gilbert at this point. Really? All right. Yeah. Because I had to do the math in order to crunch that one out. Because uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it's a lock. Anthony, what do you think? Chris Kreider will be the Rangers' all-time leading goal scorer. Is Anthony? Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Beer. I mean, I, I certainly, I certainly think he could do it. Um, I mean, the way you have it worded, if I say round, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty much guaranteeing it for it to happen. And I don't know if I could do that, but I mean, this is a guy that just simply scores goals. I mean, he has a knack for the net. Um, as long as he's healthy, I would say at a floor, he's a minimum. He's good for thirty. So, um, you know, if he could, you know, next three four years, if he can keep producing the way he's doing, he certainly might do it. Um, so I'll go beer, but I'm, I'm going to be optimistic about it. And going with what Mr. Fantastic said right there, I'm actually going to go, I'm going to go beer. He's averaging at about a 45 goal pace right now this season. If he keeps up that average, he should pass for tell by all-star break next year. And then you're looking at potentially passing Gilbert within two years. Now, his limited no trade kicks in right now. Do the Rangers decide to re-up for a 34-year-old power forward at that time? I think he might be 35 when the contract ends. It's a great question. And look, if he's playing really well and he's still doing what he's doing, Health might be on his side, and he might be able to, to really press that. Speaking about records, Anthony, Simon Holmstrom, 10 goals this season, and five of them are shorthanded. He's on pace for 13, which would tie Mario Lemieux for the single-season record. Simon Holmstrom will score four, 14 shorthanded goals this season. I mean, shorthanded Simon. Barzell dubbed him the nickname, the shorthanded king. Uh, he's certainly shown a propensity to score shorthanded. Thing is, I mean, this is tough. You know, th there's they played, what, 31 games, so he's got essentially 10 more games to get to the halfway point of the season. Um, if he could score another two goals in the next 10 games, he would literally need to produce another seven shorthanded goals in the second half of the year to do it. Um, and that's, I mean, that's hard to do. I mean, I mean, just scoring seven shorthanded goals over the course of a whole season is tough. Um, have him do it again and end it with 14. I mean, that, that's, that's really hard. I mean, it's not impossible, but I'll, I, I'll go beer. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to do it. Phil, what do you think? I uh, shot yeah, it, 14 shorthanded goals is crazy. And I, <sighs> I, I don't know of any other players who have scored 10 or so anytime recently. Um, I think I, Brian I, Ralston was one of the nearest ones at 2002. Yeah, Brian Ralston may have had a, a big year, but like scoring over 10. I mean, like we're, we're talking like 11, 12, like that range. I, I don't know if that's been – no, Ralston's highest was nine in 2002 for Boston. Okay. And, um, I I just don't see it. I don't see anyone scoring a 10 shorthanded goals again. It's maybe Holmstrom hits 10, but 14, no way. I'm sorry. 
I do think it's possible to do it. I think Holmstrom is doing a great job with it. I am going to go shot for the unlikeliness, but he's starting to become somebody that game that you almost have to game plan against. The Islanders had a guy that liked to score shorthanded a lot uh, a while ago, and he even played for the Rangers and the Devils at one point. Michael Grabner, but and I believe he was our first guest. What? No, he was our third guest we had on the show. Um, also shooting at thirty one point three percent. That's not sustainable. Well, it depends whether or not he's going to get those shorthanded opportunities. And, you know, who knows? He might go up against the Pittsburgh Penguins, whose power play has been absolutely abysmal. And speaking of those Penguins, Saturday night, Kyle Dubas was in the house in Toronto for Pittsburgh 7-0 loss and got booed thoroughly by Maple Leafs fans. He was their GM from 2018 to 2023. Guys, is a little bit more of an opinion-related thing. But Kyle Dubas is overrated. Uh, sorry, uh, Phil, start this one off. Um, I, I guess I, I'm gonna go beer. I feel like a lot of it is has to do with like his uh, insertion of analytics into everything. <laughs> Excuse me, but uh, yeah, he um. He gets. I feel like he gets an unfair rap just because the the guys that he put together couldn't get the job done. Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't want to go crazy with him on Pittsburgh yet because it's early still and they could turn it around. It doesn't look good there. I will tell you that. I don't see many people though calling him like one of the better GMs in the league. So, um. I don't know how overrated it is or where you're seeing this. So I'm, 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 I'm not really sold on him myself, but I, I don't see who's heralding him as this great GM either. That's a good point too. Anthony. <laughs> Sometimes Mark just makes up these scenarios. So that's why. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to go, I, I'm going to go beer. Um, like I, like, Dubis gets a lot of slack because, like Phil said, the guys in Toronto didn't get it done. Um, and, you know, he inherited this Pittsburgh team. Granted, he made the Eric Carlson trade, but I don't I don't really think – I don't think he's a bad GM. Um, but I think it's too really – kind of too early to say about – because you don't know what he's going to do with Pittsburgh going forward. Um, you know, this year is not working out, but, again, it's not really – his team in per se, a lot of the, the roster is still there is from the prior regimes. If the Penguins miss the playoffs, I think they're going to start to turn in a different direction. And the moves that he's going to do at that point, I think is really going to tell about, you know, what his legacy could be because, you know, now he'd be starting off from scratch with another franchise and how quickly he can get them back to relevance will go a long way in really speaking about his ability as a general manager. So um, for now, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, I'll say beer here. Uh, but I do, I, I do want to point out. Frank, I think it was Frank Cervelli about a week ago in the Daily Faceoff. He had a video where he said the Penguins didn't have to or shouldn't have traded for Eric Carlson. That was a move that, that they they didn't they didn't have to make. That I think everyone agreed didn't really make sense. When you see the team's trajectory, they're not they're not on the way up. You know, if anything, they're kind of stagnant or even a little going down. So adding a guy like him to already one of the oldest 
oldest rosters in the league was a little bit of a head scratcher to me. Um, but again, you know, I think the man from ownership is to try to win now while Crosby, Latang, Malkin are all still there, one last hurrah. So I can't blame him too much. You guys kind of took the words out of my mouth. I was hoping I was going to be the moderate on this. Look, teams were falling over themselves to get Kyle Dubas last summer. Like Pittsburgh and Toronto were going after him. They're like, like Toronto had him, obviously. But they were ready. Like he was a hot commodity. But I was going to give them a break and say beer on this because, yeah, Anthony said it best. The mandate's from ownership. They're telling them, look, you got to win with this team. I just think Eric Carlson was the wrong move. I first guessed it. I second guessed it. And I'll say yet again, they're not a playoff team. There's too many guys that need the puck in order for their games to succeed. And Chris which, Letang, which, Chris Letang's numbers are dreadful, <laughs> Anthony. Speaking of not being a playoff team, uh, um, I think it was Chris Johnson, the athletic, had like an early the, the top trade board targets for the deadline. And Jake Gensel's on there because there hasn't been any progress in contract extension talks, being that the Penguins are on the bubble. Um, that's a guy that, you know, eventually could be moved. And boy, boy would he have he a lot of teams lining up for him. He's, he's, yeah, he's having hell of a year. He is. He's 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 producing. And, uh, you know, should he become available, there's going to be a lot of teams that are lining up for his services. Sidney Crosby is still playing at a high level. Jake Gensel is outproducing Sidney Crosby. That's the way to say that one. Guys, let's go to the goal leaders for a minute. And Austin Matthews, 25 uh, 25 goals, Brock Besser, 23, Nikita Kucherov, 22, and David Pasternak has got 19. First, we'll start with this one, Phil. Austin Matthews will be the first 70-goal scorer since Tamu Solani and Alexander McGillney in 1993. Oh. Um, I'm going to go with Beer. He's actually not on pace for 73. It's 72 because he missed a game. So I do want to clarify that. Um, I, I, I got to go beer here because of the fact that if there's anyone that can do it, it's him. Hey, this is 2021. He scored at a ridiculous pace. 2022, 60-goal MVP season. This is a guy that has just probably the best shot one of the best shots we've ever seen. And he's the best shooter in the game, best goal scorer in the game right now, hands down. There's nobody better than him. So if there's anyone that can, it's AM34, but it is awfully tough. And we haven't seen one in 30 years for, for good reason. So let's see if it happens, but he is the guy that can. I can't say it definitively, though. Anthony? I mean, this is a guy that's going to have 30 goals by the new year. I mean, most likely. He's got 25. Um, I, 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 I want, I'm pretty confident. I think he's going to score at least 65. But, I mean, 70 just hasn't been done in so long for me to say round. that You know, it's a little ballsy. Uh, so <laughs> I'll, I'll go beer. But like Phil said, if anybody could do it, it's 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 him. I mean, his his shot, his release is just elite. Um, and the guy is just, you know, he's dangerous from wherever he has the puck on the ice because his shot is that good. He can beat you from pretty much anywhere. Uh, so if it was like 65, I would say round because that's how good I think he is. But 
Um, I'll go beer here. Yeah. You know what, guys? I'm going to go daring. It hasn't been done in a while. If anybody could do it, it's Austin Matthews. I'm going to go round. He's going to do it. And I think he's going to get hotter again. Like, I mean, he's he started the season with two hat tricks. I thought 60 was in the bag. He kind of went quiet for a little bit, then went, then went big. He's the only person to do 50 and 50 if you count him in the midseason point. He did 50 goals within 50 games. This guy, you look at his offensive numbers, I don't think we're looking at his offensive numbers enough. They rival Ovechkin. That's how good of a goal scorer that he is. And look, there hasn't been anybody, like I think five or six guys have done 60 since 91-92. But uh, it's going to be a tough one. 91-92 or 92-93? Sorry, 92-93, I'm sorry. Since Bore, uh, Ovechkin, Stamkos, Lemieux, Yager in 96, and then uh, Pasternak, Pasternak McDavid, and Matthews. Okay. Oh, by the way, we can also gesture like this on Apple devices, and you get a like bubble. I don't know if you guys are seeing that. By the oh, way, I make sure you are leaving us a like. <laughs> All right. Well, then I guess it didn't come up. All right. Trying to get this quick so we can get Anthony in for a few more. Colorado, their last uh, 10 games, 4-5-1. and one. They lost to the lowly Chicago Blackhawks last night. Sorry, Blackhawks fans, but right now you are at the bottom of the league. And after last night, Devon Taves. There you go, Anthony. actually said his name correctly. Called out his teammates. I think we got some guys who think they're playing well, <laughs> and I think they're kidding themselves at this point. Anthony, Devon Taves is right to call out his Avs teammates. I mean, these guys are professionals. They they want to win more than anything else, um, you know. And he, he's right. When you're not playing well, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and own up to it. And I think Devon, that's eventually essentially what Devon Taves is trying to reference that guys have to acknowledge they have to be better. Um, and it just shows that he wants to win and he's and he's passionate about it. So um, you know, I'll I'll go around here. He didn't say like anything disparaging or go over the top. So I don't have any problem with what he said. Um, he was frank about it, and he was frustrated. They just lost the worst team in the league, so uh, I, I don't see an issue with it. Uh, I'll, I'll go around here. Phil? I, I wonder about the timing because they're first in in the league, and, I mean, coming from a guy who's really not pulling his own weight right now, I mean, this is a guy that had like a 60-point season, looked like he – was about to turn into a point per game defenseman, a guy that I had put like right in the top 10 of the league for my uh, top defenseman when I did my list last season. Uh, I, I'm kind of like curious as to why now, I mean, I guess after this loss, but in their last five games, they're, they're three and two. I mean, I guess before that they had a stretch where they won only two games in seven, so including two, uh, including a shootout loss to Arizona and oh no, an overtime loss to Arizona and a shootout loss to Anaheim. But I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I gotta go beer here because it's just kind of weird timing now that they're playing better. And it's coming from somebody who is not exactly playing well themselves. 
I wonder if he's talking about Alexander Georgiev, though. I really do. Really? Wow. I, I, that, that's what I wonder, because if you look at Alexander Georgiev's numbers, they're not great. They're really not. Um, he's got, I, I believe, a, a sub-900 save percentage, but if, if I saw that correctly. I, I could be wrong there, but um, they're, they're not. he's not playing well. He really isn't. And he needs to be better. I would say Ivan Prozvedov has played better than him. Yeah, he's got a he's got an 896 save percentage and a 297 goals against. And Prozvedov has a 906 save percentage, pretty good for a backup, and a 284 goals against. And again, just remember what I asked last week. We would take those numbers from Jonathan Quick when we signed him, right? Mm-hmm. Those are pretty acceptable numbers for, for Ivan Prozvedov. Alexander Georgiev's numbers have been worse. So uh, I, I really wonder if it's him that he's talking about. And Alexander Georgiev kind of has a history of being a little bit of a malcontent when things aren't going his way, as we've seen with the Rangers and the whole Tony D'Angelo incident. And he's got a temper to him. I mean, Tony D'Angelo is no saint either. But Alexander Georgiev, when Igor Shosturkin came in, Alexander Georgiev was not a happy camper. He really wasn't. So is it Ivan Prosvedov that's breathing down his neck because he's playing better? And and this is where this is all stemming from? Because if you ask me, that's what I'm putting my money on. I'm going to have to agree with you. And um, except I'm going to actually go above and say, I'm going to buy around because he's, he's calling out a lot of guys. Do you know who the fifth leading scorer on the Colorado Avalanche is? Uh, oh, I, I mean, I could pull that up for you right now. It's actually Devontae's himself, but you're correct. Like, it's Devontae's himself. It, so it's you've got Taves, who's the the sixth leading scorer. Anthony, you gonna run? Yeah, I gotta go get Ella from Dance. All right, Anthony, take it easy. Thanks for coming yes, on. Take it easy, and uh, Isles on TNT tonight. You can listen to Biz make uh take uh take shots at them. So he uh, <laughs> he loves. He loves chirping Islander fans, Ranger fans. He just he's he's all about it. So. Uh, there's a rumor that Biz loves to chirp. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, Ant. We'll see, see you guys. soon. Later, buddy. Believe. <laughs> Believe. I gotta say, Phil. Um, watching WWE talking about Bo Dallas. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> but uh, I I think for starters, I think Taves is talking about himself. Sixteen points. Not really that great of numbers. Could be. But also, you look at the other guys that, that are in the room with him. Jonathan Drew in. Uh, Ryan Johansson. You mentioned Alexander Georgiev. I mean, they're not exactly known as, like, don't make me say it, everybody. Ryan's got 13 points. Um, Alexander Georgiev, we just talked about. Bowen Byram is playing, like, garbage. Uh, yeah. I Oh, man, he, he he's regressed big time. I mean, even Ross Colton, eight goals, seven assists. You figured there'd be uh, a little bit more Ross, out of him? You didn't bring Ross Colton in to be a point-per-game player. I'm sorry you didn't. He's yeah, but maybe, maybe like 20 points. Actually, he's giving you numbers right along the lines of what he's given you previously. Yeah, that 21-22 season was great, but he shot at 13.8% that year. So, um I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call out Ross Colton 
of all people, when it comes to Colorado Avalanche and their problems. They signed Miles Wood to a big contract. He's got six goals and 11 points. He's a minus four. Maybe that's somebody he could be talking about. Well, they're a very top-heavy team, Phil, and Devontae is trying to rally the troops right so now. Atrocious, though. Ten goals, but two assists, and he has 12 points total. <laughs> Phil, three teams that don't have any problems rallying the troops right now, the Pacific Division leaders, the Vegas Golden Knights, then you have the Vancouver Canucks at 46 points, and the LA Kings, who played less games than them, they're also at 40 points. The Pacific top three teams are set in stone for the year. Phil, I'll start this one off. Round. They're, they're set in stone, just not the order. I'll put it to you that way. I do think LA is going to come back down to earth a little bit because Cam Talbot isn't going to have a 926 save percentage. Hell, he was 931 last week. There you go, guys. I mentioned Cam Talbot, and I didn't throw up. So, um uh, and Phoenix Copley isn't gonna isn't isn't gonna be the saver. They're still gonna look for goaltending at the deadline, I think. And whether or not they still believe in Cam Talbot could take him all the way, I'm gonna raise an eyebrow at that one. I didn't think that when he was 29. I don't think that at 36 for him. So there you go with that. Uh, Vegas, we know what they can do. They've already done it. How oh, they won a Stanley Cup with Aiden Hill, who's kind of battling some injury issues right now. And uh, then you have the Canucks. Are the Canucks for real? I think they are. And we're starting to find out whether or not they are. I think they're 7-2-1 in their last 10. Phil, uh, I'm going to, yeah, like I said, I'm buying around on that. I, You know what? I, I want to say beer, but I, I'm leaning towards round here. And Seattle as some uh, as a team that I thought would get their you know get their act together and start coming around and playing better but I mean the, their leading scorer right now is Oliver Bjorkstrand and he's having a, a nice breakout year for him points wise uh, I mean we always knew about his shot and how he was a good goal scorer but he's got 26 points in 33 games that's that's pretty good Vince Dunn looks like he's on pace to put up close to what he was doing last year. 62 points is actually on pace for. So right there, Ellie Tobanen looks like he's a, a good player now. He looks like he's kind of established himself. Jared McCann has fallen off big time. 14 goals. So he's not terribly far off from like the 40-goal pace he had last year, the 40-goal season he had last year, he could get hot and get right back there. But Jaden Schwartz has been out. He's missed time, and Jaden Schwartz was playing well for them. Matty Veneers is having an awful sophomore slump, an awful sophomore slump. And Jordan Everly, although he's missed time, he doesn't look like the same Jordan Everly. So this Seattle team, for me, was going to be the team that I thought was going to turn it around. Joey Decord's actually been pretty good. He He's really kind of taken over the number one spot because Philip Grubauer has not been good for them. Decord's got a 905 save percentage and a 265, which are good numbers for him, but they're not good enough to be a, a starter in this league. So, yeah, I, I, I think I, – I, I don't see another team that can really 
step in there. There's a lot of time left, but Seattle's really got to have a massive turnaround in order for them to really make the playoffs at this point, because those teams in the, in the Pacific are not going to give up those spots. I don't think, I think LA's too good defensively. They're getting the goaltending too on top of that. I, I, I think that Vegas is just an absolute wagon. So good luck catching them. And Vancouver has really established themselves as a good team. I think they're going to be a team that takes a playoff spot too. So uh, I, I definitely think that uh, you're you're looking at the top three teams being from the Pacific, and I think that's set almost in stone. Doug, I got to say, what about the Edmonton Oilers? They're just, you know, they're going to rip off another eight-game winning streak. three games streak. in a row. Yeah, they're going to – they're definitely going to do this. The Edmonton Oilers are just – they're, they're, we got to talk about roster construction, everything else. Chris Nonblock has done a pretty good job since he got there, but come on. They're, they're not doing it. These, these teams are set in stone. It's, it's an obvious thing. So, and uh, let's conclude with this one, Phil, because let's look back at Saturday night. David Pasternak absolutely just crushes Ryan Lindgren and gets a boarding call. He got one of three majors. Called for boarding this season, upheld by video review, and there's been 55 minors. There's been nobody suspended. 58 boarding calls. But Phil, the NHL's got a boarding problem. Yeah, I'm gonna go around on this. Uh, I I definitely think they um, they definitely have a problem. They don't call these consistently. Uh, I understand that, uh, and thank you, by the way, Devil's Joint, appreciate that. I gave you a follow back on uh, Twitter as well. So, But, yeah, here, here, here's the layup, definitely the layup right there. Um, they just they don't know what they're doing with this stuff. They don't. And I understand that sometimes it comes down to a player turning at the last second and getting the players on the numbers. But some of these calls, guys are charging in. Oh, yeah charging in absolutely charging in and they're not calling it and like the Pasternak one you could see he absolutely sped up to charge him even at a short distance Pasternak what he was doing was predatory absolutely predatory um I didn't think they were going to suspend him because there was no injury but if there was an injury he definitely would have been suspended for, for what he did because it's a predatory hit and the NHL needs to take care of this before it gets out of hand and they don't seem to be very good at you know, taking care of these types of things. They have to get out of hand, and then they make the corrections afterwards. See goaltender interference. Hello, Dwight King. And yes. Some other issues over the years that they've dealt with, like the, the icing issue. They they went the, they went to the basically the international icing rule after, um, you know, various injuries over the years. You know, and they only did that a few years back. So, yeah, um, Definitely around here. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to go with around. First, I'm going to say it's around. And then I'm going to just bring up, of course, my, one of my favorites, John Powers Irish Whiskey. Because I'll buy one for everybody in the freaking chat right now. I mean, come on. They they are not they are not legislating this well. First off, for starters, do you know what's not called? A double minor for boarding. You can always go to a double minor. I know they were doing that before they went, they went to, or I think it's just, it's either two waved off or a major three majors out of all of those. Now, 
one thing that, that, that I just don't understand about it, Phil, let's go with the, the Pasternak one the other day. Mark Mathot said it was a routine puck retrieval. Yeah, right. Do you know what Pasternak never He's did? For that one, buddy. Yeah, you know what Pasternak never did? Look at the puck. He didn't look at it after he decided to send Matt, uh, uh, Ryan Lingren into the first row. I work with a guy named Matt Lingren, so that's one reason why my brain short-circuited right there. But it's it, it you you got to stop this before it gets out of hand. And as you said, Phil, the NHL is not going to do that. They're not smart enough to do that. Because if you took a guy who didn't hurt somebody and you suspended him two games for a hit like that, just two, it's at least enough for him to know, maybe I should let up on that. Pasternak took a run. That isn't even close. And I've had the people already come at me on Twitter and on Instagram. Dude, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, it's a charge. Never mind just boarding. And, you know, I want the game to be rough too. But every mite can tell you, if you can read the letters, you don't hit them. That simple. But, you know, and of course, by the way, that would put them on the naughty list. Yeah. So, so there you go with that. Guys, thank you very much for joining us for Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, also known as Big Apple Hockey's Layup Talk, where we just have to, we, you know, sometimes you need layups in order to talk about soccer. Uh, <laughs> it's just that simple. Oh, no. Oh, no. What do we got? <laughs> All right. Um, Lob City. <laughs> That's me. I put that. I know. I know. I saw, I, I, it wasn't me. I know that. All right. Uh, Yeah, let's get some Q&A in here. By the way, have Mercer. Welcome to the show. And Miro was my Norris winner, too. I think it was Miro. I I think think I had Miro over, because I think I was Dallas Stars heavy. I think that's what I did. I think I had Darlene. Um, Actually, no, you know what, Nate? I'm not sure if I had Darlene or Fox, but I, I know I picked Darlene as a finalist. I'd have to go back and look at it. But, excuse me. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you guys got some comments right here. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> the layups are <laughs> by design. <laughs> they are. Some of them by design. Like, again, like I said, you have to address the topic of it. Ooh. And also, now that it's such a – yeah, the World Juniors. Yeah, the World Juniors. And uh, the Rangers are sending two for Team USA in Mr. Gabriel Perot and Drew Fortescue, who's from New York. Um, I actually know somebody who played with Fortescue on the national development team, and they're friends. So congrats to Drew. Hoping that Drew uh, plays solid there. And uh, the Rangers are definitely going to be looking forward to seeing him there because they think that he's going to be a good part of their future on defense. So, um yeah, we definitely agree with you here, Devil's Joint. Um, that's definitely something we're, we're looking into. So we'll we'll have more of an update on that once we come uh, come up with maybe some finalists or something. Yeah. Definitely something well, that we're going to be looking for. Or at least like a, a, a weekly spot that a Devil's guy could come on, talk about them, and promote their channel as well. We're still trying to make sure we get everything right on our end, to say the least. Yeah, at Forte, not only but Fortescue and Perot, but Celebrini is going to be uh, someone that everyone's going to be watching because he's probably going to be the number one overall pick this year, um, having a hell of a year at BU. Um, but I, I will say this. 
Gabriel Perot is making a lot of scouts kick themselves right now with the season he's had. And the whole narrative of Gabriel Perot as a passenger on that line has really kind of been gotten rid of. It's 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 being it's being dissipated as we speak because Gabriel Perot looks like the best player on that line. I'll tell you that right now. Um I still feel I understand and you know I subscribe to the theory of if your father was a professional athlete, you know how to conduct yourself. Yeah. And it's just you get all these guys. Oh, Gabriel Perot, Gabriel Perot. I mean, they're the same people yeah, that would Yeah, Evan, you damn, damn right you say you're sorry, Evan. Damn right. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, we're going to be in Vegas for the draft this year. Whether we got the press passes or not, we're going to be there. Um, but Perot Evan, has done a great... Play the, uh, the we will be there clip for that one. <laughs> uh, it's going to be, you know... Like he's looking really good, and I hope he could keeps that up. And by the way, sometimes when you get a guy filled that they're like, "Oh, he's just the passenger on that line. He's just the passenger." Well, define what the passenger is. Either you're the guy that is without the puck that's going to finish, or like you're enabling the the the, the bigger guy. To do the it. guy that plays with the two better players, like Cody Hodgson in his draft year was being helped along, actually him and former Ranger prospect Evgeny Grachev were being helped along by Matt Duchesne. Yes. And, and that was the thing, you know, everybody was talking about, you know, how how great um, Hodgson was because he he was also uh, a high draft pick. And Grachev came out of nowhere and had a real great year with Brampton playing with those two. But Grachev was really the passenger and so was Hodgson because Hodgson – kind of fizzled out the NHL level. But people are saying that Perot is a passenger in that sense because, oh, Smith is dynamic and Leonard is physical and he is dynamic. But you take away Gabriel Perot from that line, you're taking away the smarts from that line. And Gabriel Perot has looked like the best player on that line, whether it's at the NDTP. And I know that everybody looks at all oh, sexy players like you know, Will Smith and his dynamic playmaking and his shooting and his hands and his skating. Yeah, that all looks great. But as we've seen with other players, especially some Ranger players, if you don't have the smarts to make it at that next level, those physical tools won't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, look at Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider had the physical tools. He had the hands. He had the size. He had the speed. But it took Chris Kreider a very long time to become the player that he is because he didn't have the smarts to play the way that he's playing now. He had to develop those over time at the NHL level and figure himself out. Gabriel Perot, I think, can be a guy that could come right in, and if he's insulated properly, can start producing right off the bat. As long as they take the time to develop him properly and not rush him along. So for anyone asking about Gabriel Perot, we're not going to see him for a bit, and rightfully so. Because I don't think the Rangers are going to make the same mistake that they've made with Capo Caco, with Alexi Lafreniere, with Vitaly Kravtsov, Leah Anderson, so on, and bring these guys up right away. There's no need to with Gabriel Perot. They have the depth to not do it. And same thing goes with Brennan Othman. Yeah, I, yeah, you know what? I love this comment because Rangers development, yes, uh, we've all, we've beaten this yeah. over the last few years. There are so, contradictions. 
we, I, I know you're an Islanders fan, State of Survival, but I, I, I will allow that one just because of the fact that it's absolutely true. No denying that there. But Brennan Othman's going to be another one where they're not going to rush him. If they feel that he's ready towards the end of the year and they feel like he can be the improvement from within and it helps the cap, then maybe we will see Brennan Othman. But they're not in any rush to bring him up. Arthur Staple and Vince Mercogliano have both confirmed this within the last week or so. So Othman, let Othman do his thing. We're not going to, we may see him by the end of the year, but Perot, let him go play at the World Juniors. Let him go back to BC, tear it up again with his two boys, and let him just develop. And Phil, one of the guys I was going to mention right here, uh, David Woods got it. Ryan Gropp and Matt Barzell. It's just, it's, you, you got yeah. the guy that sometimes you're like, which can, can they succeed on their own or can they actually? Yeah, uh, in Seattle, those two. Yeah, or they're codependent, or is he just getting all of his his um his chances because of the other centers? Like that and the same thing was said about Ottman too. And Ottman looks like he's gonna be able to to play his way up. I think one thing about Kreider was I think it's just that Kreider still wants to play a speed game, even right now. Now they've got a way that they use his size, they move him around, and I think the thinking was they wanted him to play a little bit more towards Ryan Callahan with size at that time. Callie did all those things right to the front of the net, bleed for the team. That's not Kreider's game, but Kreider is still one of the best net front players in the league right now. And you know, he kind of was for a while. He just didn't get enough credit because you got the other guys like, say, for instance, uh, Andrews Lee had a 40 goal season before Chris Kreider did. And Kreider you know, they, they expected more out of him because of his well, 2012. Back then, Wayne Simmons was still a really good net front presence. Joe Pavelski yeah. has been regarded as one of the net, best net front presence over the last decade or so. Um, you had other guys like Anders Lee, obviously, as well. But Kreider, from 2016-17 on, leads the NHL in deflected and tip-in goals. So, I mean, he's been the guy for over – over half a decade now. And and by the way, since he came into the league, if you want to even go to 2012, he's crushing everybody. Oh, God, in that. Don't even tell yeah. me about Olaf Lindbaum. That was a terrible pick. There were so many good players available in that draft, and they went ahead and drafted Olaf Lindbaum, a goaltender that they did not need and mm-hmm. for any reason at that point. I, I, was, I was at that draft with Anthony. And I'll tell you right now, and that pick absolutely boggled my mind. Boggled my mind, considering the players that were available at that point. You had Jack Drury you could have gotten. Um, Ryan McLeod from Edmonton would be an absolute great middle six forward to this team right now. Scott Perunovich was a real good pick that, that went after him. Kirill Marchenko. Akil Thomas was someone that everyone was high on heading into that draft, but he hasn't done a whole lot. Sean Dursey ended up going to Toronto. He was in the Jake Muzzin deal, I believe. And then Kalen Addison, um, Kevin Ball has turned into a decent defenseman. David Gustafson, you know, for, for Winnipeg. I mean, it just we're, – we're talking about players that were available that were picked after that have had decent careers. I don't know what you're laughing at, Mark. I'm I'm laughing because uh, Maria's making dinner right now. 
she she is she is very quietly going around the apartment because she doesn't want to like uh disturb anything and it's it's adorable yeah may, uh, I, and mark would never mess up Kreider's name just because of the fact that he just he loves him he's a president of the chris Kreider fan club but actually Justin, actually Justin was not off limits if you remember, Phil, I was the vice president of the Chris Kreider fan club because I couldn't make myself president. I didn't. I didn't know if I if I was capable of doing that. Uh, yeah. I would have anointed myself there, though. But um, but it's it's crazy with Kreider, and I wrote about it this week with him. And I got to go back to uh, what what's one of the questions? Oh, Status Bible asked it, Phil. Well, Chris Kreider retire as a New York Ranger. And unfortunately, I, think so. I don't think he's going anywhere. But I don't think he's retiring as a ranger. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Nobody gets to retire anymore with one team. Like, it, it, I was shocked when we were doing puck doku at one point, which we could always do one right now if we want to. Uh, but I was shocked when it was um, Paul Loss only played for Florida Panthers. He's a pretty good defenseman. They could, you know. Guys like that, you you get moved out. I mean, every get everybody ends up finishing on a different team. Mike Madonna played with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Brian Leach finished with the Boston Bruins. I would not be surprised if Chris Kreider ends his career as a Boston Bruin. Absolutely, would not be surprised. Uh, I do think he loves it though. He loves it here, and if he's the new Rod Gilbert, both in the stats and and um and uh, of course loving new york as much as he has then i'm perfectly fine with that he's a perfectly capable uh, person never mind uh, a good player to take that mantle here's my question for you phil is chris Kreider, or what will it take for him to be jersey retirement banner worthy i i think he's probably gonna have to be number two all time in goals for Ranger and probably win a cup. If he gets number one and he doesn't win a cup, I, I think he's getting a retired, but I, I think he's going to retire as a Ranger. I really do. I don't see him wanting to go anywhere else. Um, his best friend is his line mate. I don't think he's going to want to go anywhere unless his, his production just starts to fall down and, they they deem to trade him towards the end of his deal. I mean, I, I, I don't see that coming, though, because Chris Kreider's game has – it's not predicated on speed anymore like it was previously. Yeah. He's adapted a different type of game, and I think that's going to extend his career more. He's also a gym rat, so you know he's always going to be in really good shape. So that's that's not going to be a problem. And he's not a super physical player. For a guy his size, you would want him to throw the right weight around more. But that just may give him the ability to stay a little longer in the league because of the fact that he's not as physical and there's not as much wear and tear on his body. So, um, yeah, I, I think he is the only Ranger to appear in two cup finals. Uh, no, the only Ranger to appear in two cup finals as a New York Ranger post 67 expansion he would become one because the rangers have only been in 
two Stanley Cup or actually three Stanley Cup finals post expansion. And nobody from the 79 team was on the 94 team. And nobody from the 94 team was on the 2014 team. So. And I'm trying to think if anybody was, how many guys were from the 72 to the 79 team? Weren't a lot. If there were any. John Radigan is saying Walt Kachuk. Walter Kachuk would be one of the ones I was thinking of. Yeah, I mean, he he could be. Actually, he could be. He, if he was on the 72 team, then yeah. But, Phil, here's a, here's another number that's kind of mind-boggling. Yeah, he was on the 72 team. Chris Kreider's got 40 playoff goals as, as a member of the New York Rangers and, of course, in his career since so is the only team he's ever played for. You know how many game winners he has? 11. Like a quarter of his goals scored won the game. And I know we're going to hear about Carey Price and stuff like that. And please, people, it's – again, I say Dimitri Amelin tripped him. Sorry, he it's did. Facts. Every it's every facts. single time. Look at the stick whip, but we don't have to do yeah, that. The, the stick flex is all you need to see. Right. Carey Price never complains about it, so don't worry about that. However, you know, nobody can argue with what this guy has brought pretty much from day one. There's been ice water in his veins in the playoffs. His first career NHL goal was in game six facing elimination. It was a game winner. Two games later, he had his second uh, career goal, and it was a game winner again. It's just what this guy does. It's it's that simple. And I think he's going to pass Rattel. I kind of hope he does pass uh, Gilbert, though. So we'll see about that. All right, Phil. Uh, let's see if we could take like another comment or or more. And hell, have Mercer. Yeah, you know about it. I mean, after all, he he enjoyed a lot of goal scoring against the Devils. He hasn't won a playoff series against the Devils, though. That's a different story. Mm. Uh, Stefan Rosner is saying that a Rangers have a scout at the Islanders Capitals game. You know, you're going to do your due diligence anyway. You're going to check out all the players that are there. I'd be shocked if if there's ever a trade between them. Uh, maybe it's not the Islanders. But, yeah, but, I mean, even the Capitals. The Rangers have made trades before. Yeah, they have. Just, you know, you don't see as many in-division in division trades um, the Rangers and the Devils made the Grabner trade. Yeah, I guess that's a good point too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I, I I think you're being a little. I I I wonder what they're seeing. I mean, looking at the Rangers' schedule, I I don't think that they're playing them again anytime soon. Let's see here. I got the Instagram open on my phone, so I. I don't know. Uh, oh, no, they, they're playing the Capitals on Wednesday, the 27th. So a week from today, they're actually playing the Capitals. So that, that could be part of it, too. They could also be scouting them for a strategy. That's another thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They, they're they playing them in a week. So it, it, it definitely could be something that they're looking into, which, I mean, obviously you would want to do that. But, I mean, the Capitals are, are not exactly going to, you know, Let's trade everyone off right now because they're they're not that 
they're not that far off. They're really not. So, um, by the way, Aaron Asham, uh, he was mostly a free agent everywhere. Uh, John Radigan saying, isn't there a pro uh, the roster freeze coming up? I think it, it already is in place. Uh, there was a great story that Brian Burke was telling on NHL Network that he did his personal roster freeze as a GM 10 days before any GM, just that way the players know they're not going anywhere through Christmas. And um, I State of Survival is asking, I don't, uh, I don't remember an Islanders pens trade. Darius Kasparitas for Brian Smolinski. How about that one? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's another one. Yeah. Um, Joel Evans suggested Joel Edmondson. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Bill Guerin, your Bill Guerin and Miroslav. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Guerin and Miroslav. Yeah, that's another yeah. one. But um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's not exactly uncommon for teams in divisions to make trades, especially if it's a rental, because it's not something that's going to come back to bite them long-term. Mm -hmm. A long-term trade, uh, like a player with term, would be something that you may not see. Um, I, you know, you're not going to see Tom Wilson traded to the Rangers or Dylan Strome or something like that. Um, obviously, Alex Ovechkin is going nowhere, and I don't think anybody's going to trade for him right now with the way that he's playing. But again, because Netsov, I the Rangers couldn't pull that deal off anyway. If they even if they wanted, if you, even if that that was the guy that they were looking at. They couldn't do that, but maybe maybe someone on defense. I don't, I don't know. Martin Farivari is young, uh, so I don't I don't see them moving him. He's a restricted free agent, and uh, he's got two years after this one. So Rasmus Sandin, restricted free agent after this year again. I don't see him being moved. So I don't I don't really know who the Rangers could be looking at. All big Bell, but I don't I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe. Outside chance. Yeah, I mean he he's really the only one I could I could see. And he I mean, they do need right wing depth, but I, I don't know how much of a difference maker he would be over someone like you know Brodzinski at this point. I mean, really Obi Cabell is a good player, a good like fourth line player, but Brodzinski's not too far off of him in points, despite playing in like a quarter of the games. That uh, Obi Cabell has. Mm. All right, all right, guys, we're gonna wrap this one. Oh wait, what? If it's actually five less games, sorry, I thought Brzezinski actually played less. Well, we're gonna start the uh, the bye bye music and uh, wrap this one up right now. We'll give like an extra minute or two. Uh, I have my cousin Phil playing and. Yeah, um, I gotta agree with that. Until you have an answer on Philip Heedle, you don't know. One point I was making to guys today is think of how good the New York Rangers played right now. And think how good the fourth line is playing right now, Phil. And now think to yourself, they're gonna get better because you have to upgrade third line center. Nick Benino can't be a third line center. He's your fourth line center, he's really good. And I mean credit to everybody on that fourth line, Pitlick, Goudreau, and of course Jimmy VZ having a great season. But I mean, the Rangers are going to need a third-line center. I'm going to argue, Phil, that they're going to need it more than a right wing. And Yeah. The other, playoff time. the other point that I kind of keep going to with a lot of people is the conversation of 
Kapokako. Gotta get rid of Kapokako. Gotta get rid of Kapokako. He, oh, he's just a checking line winger. Well, what is what are you going to be looking for the trade deadline? You're looking for a trick, checking line winger with with potential offensive upside. That's Kapokako right now. And I'm not going to view him as anything else. I would love it if that guy could break out and score 50 goals for the rest of the season with the Rangers. But he's not doing it, and he's probably not coming back till at least after the the All-Star break. So the fact that he's coming back at all is well, Here's another thing, and I, I've said this before. I, I've said this last night, is that you can have Filipino come back if you get a third-line center and have Filipino come back playing your first line right wing with Mika Zavanejad and Chris Kreider. And that that solves your your right wing problem right there. So let's just say they go get Sean Monahan or Adam Enrique or someone like that, Nick Bukes, dad, whatever the case may be. Philip Heedles has shown that he can play wing. He's played well at wing. I think he could fit right in with that line. Yes, we're assuming chemistry. You can't always assume chemistry, but Heedle has shown that he can play wing. Trade for McCann on the cheap? No. I, I don't think you can just trade for Jared McCann on the cheap. Uh, I don't think Seattle would, one, they would do that. And two, um, Jared McCann's making $5 million against the cap. And he's making it for another three years after this. So that's that's definitely not happening at that point. Yeah, I don't think you're getting anybody of, uh, on that on the cheap. Although Jordan Eberle is a very intriguing player. And the more intriguing, well, though. So if you, if yeah, that's, I mean, if you're getting him real cheap as a change of scenery option, okay. But I think he's uh, a UFA at the end of the year. Really excited about that. There's, there's a lot of good UFAs that, at the end of the year. San Jose's got nine on their roster, and I'll throw another name out there. What about Kevin? I'm not really excited about Duclair. Everybody keeps bringing Duclair up. I, I'm not. Really... I'm not thinking Duclair, but it, but Kevin LeBanc would be somebody that. Can drive a one. Not not playing well. Duclair has Duclair has six goals and eleven points in twenty eight games. That's and I know it's San Jose, so that's not going to jump out at you and, and impress you by any means. But I mean, Duclair's defensive game is really a concern, and I I, I don't know if that really translates come playoff time. Kevin LeBanc, one goal and six points all year. That's brutal. Yeah. Well, you're playing on San Jose. You're not exactly the most motivated. Yeah, he, he, he's been super, super bad on a bad team. Like, he's not even one of the best players on a bad team. He's, like, I he dare I say, he's been dog shit. <laughs> Anthony, um, let's get a quick one out of you. We were trying to get off right now. But uh, let's get a quick one out of you. Was one player you would target for the Islanders? Um, I mean, salary aside, uh, Andre Kuzmenko. Um, I don't think he's as bad as he's been this year. Um, I think he's got too much skill to be playing the way he's playing. I think maybe with the change of scenery, um, new coach, I think that might help him out. Uh, but again, salary might be a little difficult. Uh, I heard you guys talking about Jordan Eberle. I mean, I think that's a guy that Lou could target and bring back an old face at uh, the deadline, possibly. That would be great for um, that locker room because you know he wrote that song about it. Um, yeah, uh, so that's an option. Anthony Duclair, um, another one should be relatively cheap. Uh, um, I mean, I guess 
you know, it's hard. It's hard to say what's going to happen with with Calgary, but I think they're going to be definitely going to be a little bit of fire sale there. I mean, Tanev, Hannafin, um, Lindholm. I think all those three are going to probably be out the door for the Islanders in particular. I think they could use some more help on D. Although Mike Riley's been a revelation there, he's played really well. But maybe another another defenseman there um, would be a need. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, still a lot of time. For teams to fall out and the parity in this league. Um, and I was just kind of joking about not that long ago, the Sharks were seven points out of a playoff spot when, you know, I'd said that uh, however long ago that was time. So um, I think there are certain teams that are undecided right now. You know, they're, they're holding out where things see where things go. Um, I remember last year, the Islanders made the trade for Bo Horvat on January 30th. So Lou went, you know, kind of well ahead of the deadline. So, He's not afraid to make a move pretty early, so we'll see what happens. And hopefully all that – I mean, hopefully they wait for the trade deadline. Do you remember last year me and Anthony were kind of just bored as all hell because all the trades already happened? <laughs> we were promoting yeah. the hell out of that day, and it was just well, horrible. Yeah, I mean, Horvat Hor- 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 went real early. Timo Meyer went before the deadline. I mean, all these guys were – were dealt before. So Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, and everybody went. Yeah. It was driving us all crazy. Um, but yeah. we got to thank uh, the 36 of you that are still in the chat right now and in the stream. And thanks very much, everybody, for again, another great year. I mean, we got holidays. They're either come for some people or they're coming up for others. Uh, it's it's gonna be a great time. Make sure you you spend time with your family and your friends, your loved ones, and just enjoy it. Because uh, you never know how many of them you ever have. So always do that. Uh, I was gonna sign us off. You guys want to keep going? It's it's all right. Uh, yeah, I gotta I'm gonna get going. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna run. Right. Guys, coming up here. Yeah, I got dinner coming up right now too so guys thank you very much and have a great night and of course have a great holiday merry christmas merry christmas